ELC Radio. Hey family, what's going on? This is Pastor Cruz Ramirez with Abundant Living Faith Center from El Paso, Texas. This is the podcast that's going to help you love God and lift and others. Lift others. Welcome to Elevate Life Church. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy another elevated message. Here's Senior Pastor Tina Lamone. You got me singing, we don't need no jet plane, feel like we can fly. We don't need no gold chain just to watch it shine. 24 carat lives, we don't got the time. We'll be kings and queens in our own mind. So this morning, I want to talk to you about being a victim. And the Bible says that you are not a victim, but that you are a conqueror. That you are actually more than a conqueror. And so this morning, I'm going to start... Um, In Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39. And it says, So what does all this mean? If God has determined to stand with us, tell me who then can ever stand against us? For God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. And since God freely offered him up the sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else he has to give. Who then would dare to accuse those whom God has chosen and loved to be his? God himself is the judge who has issued the final verdict over you, not guilty. Who then is left to condemn us? Certainly not Jesus, the anointed one, for he gave his life for us. And even more than that, he has conquered death and is now risen, exalted, and enthroned by God at his right hand. So how could he possibly condemn us since he is continually praying for our triumph? Who could ever separate us from the endless love of God's anointed one? Absolutely no one, for nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love towards us. Troubles, pressures, and problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. What about persecutions, deprivations, dangers, and death threats? No, they are all impotent to hinder an omnipotent love. Even though it is written, all day long we face death threats for your sake, God. We are considered to be nothing more than sheep to be slaughtered. Yet even in the midst of these things, yet even in the midst of these things, we triumph over them all. For God has made us to be more than conquerors. And his demonstrated love is for our glorious victory over everything. So now I live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death, life's troubles, fallen angels, or dark rulers in the heavens. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. There is no power above us or beneath us, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus Christ, the anointed one. Amen. What a powerful scripture that is. It's a very, very clear picture of God's love for you. 
and how he has his son. He sacrificed his greatest treasure and sent his son. And then Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice, not just for you to be saved, but for you to be saved and live in victory. And it mentions there that life's troubles are going to come, that there will be darkness. But even in the darkness, Jesus will be there with you praying for your victory because victory belongs to you. God wants us to appropriate, which just means to use the power that he has so that we can live expansive lives. In no way does this scripture tell us that our lives are going to be held back, that we're going to be tied down, or we're going to be less than, but it tells us to live up to the standard that Jesus walked on this earth when he gave his life and sacrificed for you. He had to go through pain. He had to go through trials and tribulations, but he knew his father was there cheering him on. Jesus didn't make the sacrifice for you to to survive. He's not interested in you surviving. That was done when he he gave his life on the cross. He knew you you could survive. But what he's interested in and what he wants is for you to live a powerful life, not as a victim. God is passionately looking for his children, the kings and queens, that want to build and give life and be a positive change in our wounded world. Romans 8, 36, which I just read, but verse 36 says, All day long we face death threats for your sake, God. We are considered to be nothing more than sheep to be slaughtered. How many of you felt that? Day after day after day, you've received threat after threat after threat. You feel beaten down. They say it comes in threes. They say when it rains, it pours. Have you ever felt that way? Like when is it going to give up? When is it going to let up? When am I going to get a break? I know I've felt that way before. It makes me think about too where I've heard countless people tell me, you know, every time I pray, I feel like things get worse. Or every time I make a decision to follow God, all hell breaks loose. The word tells us in the very next verse, yet even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all. For God has made us to be more than conquerors and, has de- and his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything over everything. His love is our victory over everything. So in that mere statement saying that it's over everything, we have to know that we're going to go through something. You're going to go through something. Was Jesus a victim when he went through what he went through and he walked on this earth? He wasn't a victim. He chose to go through what he went through because he knew on the other side what was to come. And we know what's to come on the other side. What is it? The victory. It's heaven on earth. We don't have to wait to die. We do have to wait till our our bodies are buried in the ground to see Jesus face to face and be in the presence of our heavenly father. But we don't have to wait for that time to experience heaven, to experience his victory and to be more than a conqueror. The devil would rather you be a victim than a victor. So where is your victory? Because he promises us victory over every threat. What is a victim? A victim is one that is injured, destroyed, or sacrificed. One that is subjected to oppression, hardship, or mistreatment frequently. I know that there was a time in my life where I expected bad things to come because it seemed like around every corner there was tragedy. My 
being abused, my mom not being there for me, my parents divorcing, my brother dying in a car accident. It just seemed like I, I didn't allow myself to hope for good things in the future because I was always going through something bad. And I felt like a victim. And so I made a decision that I would expect tragedy because it seemed like tragedy was surrounding me. And that no matter what I went through, even though I knew I was serving God and living for God, that bad things were happening to me. That becomes a victim mentality. It also says that a victim is one that is tricked or duped. A victim mentality is something that is acquired. It's learned or developed. It's a personality trait in which a person tends to recognize themselves as a victim of negative actions of others and then behaves as if this were the case in the face of contrary evidence of such circumstances when times are tough. So when your car breaks down, I'm a victim. When your coworker doesn't invite you to lunch, it's because I'm a victim. When someone else gets the raise or promotion, it's because I'm a victim. When you see yourself as a loser, you're the victim. When you think of yourself and you believe that others devalue you, you are a victim. So we can go through things in life and literally miss a promotion that we wanted or go try out for a job that we wanted and we weren't, merely weren't qualified. And so the job was given to someone else. I wanted that job. How come I didn't get that job? What was wrong with me? Am I not good enough? Do they not appreciate me? Do they not see? It is. It's because I'm not good enough. They must be right. That is a victim mentality. Having a victim mentality takes a lot of work. It depends on a clear thought process of attribution, which just means it takes a lot of time to explain the causes and behaviors of events and the intentions of others towards you that take place in your life that cause you to be a victim. So it just means it takes a lot of mental work. We don't realize if we're thinking of ourselves as a victim, it's exhausting. If you've said the words, you know what, I'm just tired of fighting. When am I going to not have to fight anymore? You're a victim. You're not living as a conqueror. You're living in a place of defeat. It takes a lot of work to be a victim because you have to think through and it becomes, it becomes something that naturally happens where you are assuming this person is going to reject me. Something bad is about to happen. It's been too good for a while. Something bad's got to happen. We think that way. When you are continually facing trials and concluding it is in some way or another your fault, you're a victim. The victim believes you should just lower your expectations in life to just endure what comes. And the Bible is very clear and tells us that we have the victor, victory over everything. So what is everything? It's losing a loved one. It's getting betrayed. It's maybe going through a divorce. Maybe dealing with separation in your family. Maybe not getting that job. Maybe being fired from your job. God gives you victory over everything. The victim has the ability to explain why it is right for things to be wrong and why it's right for you to stay in a situation where you are constantly being victimized. Think about a battered wife or someone who's abused, or an enabling relationship. When others can see how clearly wrong it is for you to be in that situation, as a victim, we have the ability to 
explain why it's okay for me to be in this situation and why it's okay for that person to victimize me or that situation to victimize you. A victim will always assume the worst. After repeated trauma in the past, a victim will gather up those expectations and project them on the future. If you're always expecting the worst to come, it's because you have a victim mentality. But God says we are more than conquerors. A victim has a hard time receiving good things like compliments. Hey, you look good today. Oh, no, I didn't even put makeup on. No, but you look good, but I didn't even fix my hair. I do that sometimes. My husband will say, you look so pretty. I'm like, shut up. I don't look good. <laughs> it's that victim mentality. Because of what I experienced as a child, I believed that I wasn't beautiful, that I was ugly, and that no one could love me. Isn't that dumb? That's a dumb way to think about yourself. That's a victim mentality, and that's where the enemy wants you to be. That's how he wants you to think. Because what you think is what comes out of your mouth. So once you've accepted the repeat of pain and have decided it's always going to be this way, you then believe and wait for pain to be inflicted on you. Even when times are good and things are going good, you're just waiting. When's it going to come? What's going to happen? Is my car going to break down? Is the refrigerator going to break? Is the washing machine going to stop working? That's a victim mentality. In Matthew 16, Jesus asked Peter, who do you say that I am? Jesus asked Peter, and Peter spoke up and said, you are the anointed one, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are favored and privileged, Simon, son of Jonah, for you didn't discover this on your own, but my father in heaven has supernaturally revealed it to you. I give you the name Peter, a stone, and on this truth of who I am will be the bedrock foundation on which I will build my church, all of you, on which I will build my church. And my legislative assembly and the power of death will not be able to overpower it. I will give you the keys of heaven's kingdom realm to forbid on earth that which is forbidden in heaven and to release on earth that which is released in heaven. So he has given us all we have to do is acknowledge, just like Peter did, who Jesus is and his anointing, and he gives us the keys of the kingdom. He's already given them to us. All we have to do is pick them up. All we have to do is pick them up. And if you are living, thinking, and expecting, and waiting, expecting for the worst, waiting for bad things to happen, you're not picking up the keys. You're not walking in what Jesus sacrificed for you to walk in. Peter acknowledged who Jesus was, and and he gave him honor, and Jesus in turn gave him the keys of the kingdom. Jesus gave Peter dominion to release and forbid things in the earth, and Jesus gives you dominion to release and forbid things in your life. You do not have to be a victim any longer. I just had a conversation recently where someone was telling me, man, I, I just, I've been feeling so heavy, and every time I get in God's presence, I just feel so sad and heavy. And it makes me not want to be in God's presence because I don't want to feel that way anymore. And I had to go, wait a minute. It's not God's presence. God is not doing that to you. You're seeing things from a place of a victim mentality. You've got to know 
Of course, those things are going to come up. You're going to feel that because in God's presence, those things can't change. So that's your opportunity to go, God, take this from me. Take this heaviness. Take this darkness. Take this sadness because in his presence is healing. And He want, that's your opportunity to get rid of it. Not to run from God's presence because you don't want to feel heavy. It's in one moment of being in God's presence where he can lift off the heaviest burden. And it doesn't mean that he changes every single thing in your life, but he changes things on the inside of you, and that's where it really matters. Because once things change on the inside of you and you accept God's love and you get filled in his presence, it doesn't matter what happens on the outside because you have the keys of the kingdom. You know that victory is yours, and this is just a moment that's going to pass, and victory is coming. And that through this challenge, through this heaviness, through this darkness, through this sadness, that I am being built up. I am getting stronger and I'm going to come into someone else's path who's coming through and dealing with some of the things that I've dealt with. And now I have a key to give to them. It's not for nothing. Jesus went through pain when he walked on this earth, but he knew that God was for him. He knew what he had to sacrifice. So spiritually speaking, dominion is the opposite of victimization. A victim will just sit back and allow whatever comes his or her way. Someone who is in dominion will speak, believe, and change the things that come their way. There's times where we have the authority and the power through our words to hold back danger, darkness, and sadness from coming into our lives. We have the authority to do that. That doesn't mean that bad things won't happen around you. But the way it doesn't have to go inside of you when those things happen. It doesn't have to deplete you or suck the life out of you. We have dominion. A dominion attitude is one of service. It's one of responsibility and stewardship. Dominion does not mean destruction but responsibility. Walking in dominion causes you to look at the hard choices in life with honesty. You're not blaming someone else or trying to figure out why you're not good enough. But you are willing to see there's a broken place and God, I need you to heal it. Or I'm trying to do this on my own. God, I don't want to do this on my own. I need you. And so there's a place of surrender. That's where the responsibility comes in. As a king and queen, we must find our place of dominion and enforce our authority. The first commandment that God gave to man was to be fruitful, to increase in number, and to fill the earth and subdue it. What are you filling the earth? What are you subduing in your life? Are you filling the earth with more junk, with empty words, with broken relationships, with more betrayals? Are you subduing the earth, bringing healing to others, making a change, bringing joy and light? People follow the light. What are you subduing in the earth? Our basic call as humans and as members of the royal family is to build up, not to tear down or not to be torn down. The dominion God granted us as believers is life-giving, and it requires subordination, but it brings expansion. Dominion causes submission, but it's for our own benefit so that we can expand. And you can think about it like this. Um, as a parent, when you have a child, you have dominion over that child. You train the child. You teach the child what to eat. You teach a child how to talk. You teach a child, well, you should. 
You should have control over your children. (laughs) You should. But that's what dominion is. And we're doing that. Why? So that they can be productive adults. So that they can go and know how to dress when they go for a job interview and maybe get a job. So that they can know how to talk to a girl when they go on their first date. So a girl knows how to receive a compliment, right? So when they're little, you're teaching them how to do. You're having dominion over what they're eating. Hopefully you're doing that so that they can eat healthy things and their bodies can stay in health. That's having dominion. So we're forcing them to do things they probably don't want to do, but it's for their benefit. So that's the way you can think about dominion in the kingdom. We must submit our thinking to God's way so we can expand our lives. So when we're thinking, oh, what's going to happen? You know, I hear a sound in the car. Oh, my car's breaking down. I'm going to have to spend $1,000 to get it fixed. I know it. I know it's coming. God's saying, no, don't say that. Say, God, no matter what it is, I thank you that you protect me in this car. And I believe that if there's something wrong, you're going to provide the money that I need to get it fixed. And I thank you, Jesus, that this is going to work out for my good. We don't want to say that. We don't want to act that way. We don't want to think that way. But that's what God is asking us to do. That's what we need to submit to so that we can have dominion. The highest form of dominion is to use what your weaknesses have been to help equip others not to make the same mistakes and to empower them to possess their own freedom. So the things that we've gone through, the things that we've messed up on, God forgives us. We, we accept his word. We accept what his word says about us. We have dominion in that place in our lives when we give that to someone else. And we teach someone else that you don't have to live bound. You don't have to keep going back. You can go forward. And when you make a mistake, it's not because you're a failure. But God's love is there to heal and to restore and to forgive you. That's the the greatest form of having dominion. Also, it says in Proverbs 4, 23, to keep your heart, your attitude with all diligence. For out of it springs the issues of life. It is through the blood of Jesus and the word of our testimony that we are more than conquerors. Deuteronomy 28, 18 says, The Lord will make you the head, the leader, and not the tail. And you will be above only, and you will not be beneath. If you listen and pray, pay attention to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I am commanding you today to observe them carefully. You will be the head and not the tail. Our attitude is everything. In this verse from Proverbs, Solomon admonishes us to guard our hearts. It says to keep your heart, which is your attitude. So instead of having that victim attitude, that victim mentality, he wants you to have an attitude of knowing that God is your victory. Attitude is everything. We must guard our hearts, our inner attitudes with all diligence because out of it flows this, out of it springs everything in our life. Paul told us that faith, hope, and love are the highest attitudes that we should nurture within. So we have to have an attitude of faith, an attitude of hope, and the highest attitude of love, which is the greatest of all of those. We don't see things clearly. We're squinting in a fog, peering through a mist, but it won't be long before the weather clears and the sun shines. We need to have an attitude a positive attitude to be in dominion. We'll see it all then. 
see it all as clearly as God sees us, knowing him directly just as he knows us. But for right now, until that completeness, we have three things to do to lead us towards that consummation. Trust steadily in God, hope unswervingly, and love extravagantly. And the best of these three is love. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 12 to 13. So we need to have a positive attitude. It's imperative to bring anything good to past. Your attitude matters. The way you think matters. You can learn to see the upside of everything. We have to change the way we think and choose, even in trials, to find the upside and not verbalize the negative all the time, every day. We have to wake up every day deciding today I'm going to have a positive attitude. I'm going to have a positive attitude. That doesn't mean that everything's going to be good that day. We can get up and say today's going to be a good day. It might not be a good day. That's the truth. It might not be a good day just because you got up and said today's going to be a good day. But you have control over how your attitude responds to whatever comes in that day. And to be in dominion, you have to have a good attitude The way we think as victims attracts predators. Do you understand that? When you think of yourself as a victim, it attracts those in life who are predators. It's spiritual. It's laws in life. So it matters the way you're thinking. It matters the way you're seeing yourself. It matters what you're expecting. Because what you expect is what you're going to find. So as long as you continue to see yourself as a victim, you will continue to find yourself in situations where you are going to have the opportunity to say, here it goes again. I knew it was too good to be true. But that is not the way God wants you to live. And we don't have to live that way. It's so simple. It really is so simple. And it's a matter of saying, God, I can't make it on my own. I can't make it on my own. It's so easy for me to expect bad things. It's so easy for me to blame myself and not think that I deserve good. I need you to help me to have faith and hope. God, I love you. And your word says that the greatest of these is love. I love you. And I need you to help hope to be stirred up inside of me. Because when you focus that way, when you speak those words and you decide to think positive, good things can come to you. You will experience the hardships differently. And that's what the keys of the kingdom are. You also need a willing attitude to have dominion. It's an enormous key to have access access good things in life. It's difficult to get anyone who's unwilling to do anything because they always have a reason why they can't do things. You need to have a willing attitude. Success comes in a can, not in a cannot. Working with a team of willing people is a dream. No problem is so big that can't be solved. No dream is impossible. Yeah, but, yeah, but, stop it. Stop with the yeah, buts and have hope and believe that God can do something through you. Also, it's necessary to have a thankful attitude to have dominion. You've got to be thankful. It brings God into our life because when we position ourselves with a thankful attitude, it humbles us. It positions your heart in a humble place. And the Bible says that God gives grace to the humble. So it brings God close to you when you have a thankful attitude. 
So we need to have a positive attitude to, ha- to be in dominion. We need to have a thankful attitude. We need to have a willing attitude. We've got to change the way that we've been thinking about ourselves and not assume the worst and wait for the worst to come. Bad things are going to keep happening. Trials are going to keep coming. Sacrifice is going to be necessary. There's going to be times of lack ahead, but Jesus is not far from you. He's close by. And he says that you are the head and not the tail, that you are above and not beneath, and that all you have to do is pick up the key and use it. He doesn't want you to think of yourself like a victim anymore that keeps you from being in God's presence because you feel like you're not good enough or because you feel like you're too heavy. That's your opportunity to let that heaviness go because he wants to take it. He wants to take that heaviness, and he wants you to get up with a sense of knowing that you are good and not that you're bad and not that you're a failure and not that you will be rejected. There's been so many times in my life, and I've shared it countless times from the pulpit of what I've been through and how many times I've cried out to God and said, God, when? God, when are you going to change things? And you know what? Trauma, tragedy has continued to come to my life. I've continued to experience traumatic things, even in my 40s, but God has not left me. I can see the upside even in the tragedy. I can see the upside. And it hasn't been for nothing because even if I can use my experiences to minister to one person, it's enough for me. It's enough for me. God has done so much for my life that I would even be able to stand up here today, that I would even be able to have three amazing children and be married to the same man for 20 years. That's enough. That's enough because I didn't even deserve, I didn't even think that I deserved to be loved. That's enough. I'm not a victim. I am not a victim of what's happened to me. I have to choose not to believe the lies that the devil has told me through each experience. That nothing is going to get better. That there's no honest man out there. That I can't trust other women. That my kids are not going to serve God their whole life. I can't believe those things. Even when I see a glimpse of maybe my child being pulled by the world and wanting to do things the world way, I still have to say, God, he is the head and not the tail. And he is called to live for you his whole life. And he will live for you and serve you his whole life. I thank you, God, that he will wake up in the morning and say, thank you, Jesus, for today. He's going to acknowledge you all the days of his life. He's going to be married one day and he's going to take his family to church. I had to hope those things because they're not perfect. It's a mindset. It's a decision, a a choice to live in dominion and not defeated. Because if you live in defeat, if you live believing that you're a victim, predators are going to come your way. It attracts spirits. It attracts circumstances. You know what? There are people who are hurting, who have been damaged, who are in pain, and they are after others to hurt. And so some of the things that you experience by someone else's hand has nothing to do with you, but it's because they're in pain and they are deceived in believing that by inflicting pain and doing wrong to others makes them feel good. If you see yourself as a victim, you are raising your hand, yelling, come, victimize me because I deserve it. It's a spiritual battle. It's something that not only affects the natural, but it happens in the spirit. And the more you join with those types of spirits because of the way you think, the harder it is 
in your mind to get free because it's simple in the spirit. It's simple in the spirit. All you have to do is just like Peter did, acknowledge who Jesus is and give him the honor. And he gives you the keys. He exposes the keys so that you can be free. Well, I hope you've been encouraged by the word of God. And if you have, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast or download our free app at the App Store. And you can continue to get word every week from Elevate Life Church.